Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody. Happy Throwback Thursday. We are so spooky, Kevin. The month of October, Rob. We have to. Hey, it's your favorite month. Well, it's my wife's favorite month. And by proxy, over the last nine years, it has become my favorite month. Um, But yes, yes, indeed. Although it's changed because we watch horror movies all day, but you can't. You have to watch what you watch when you have a 16-month-old you know, baby. So you can't really watch It or the sequel to It or the remake of It. Or, well, well, does you know. Crawford, will Crawford understand or no? He'll, be, um, he'll get he, scared. He, in the last week, to be perfectly honest with you, in the last week, he cognitively has like jumped to another level. So he's very wow. aware of things now. And so he is observant. He plays by himself now. He he wakes up and he's like, oh my gosh, my toys, I got to go. Like, I got to get out of bed at five in the morning to go play with them. Um, he's just aware of an outside thing. So yes, things on the television now. Uh, we had something on last night that I was like, we have to turn this off. Even though it's a cheesy movie from the 80s, the gore and everything. I just, he was like, transfixed by it and i thought oh no let's do it like 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 the like witches like witches is a pretty decent movie the raul doll movie with angelica houston yeah and, you know the, even the faces are a little scary but it's it's jim henson so it's not so bad um but but or like um nightmare before christmas that he was he loved ken page in that he was obsessed with like the uli or whatever his name is so well, it's he, those kinds of things he becomes but i think that scary things no i don't want to i don't want to scare him yet <laughs> i i understand I, there's enough scary things in the yeah, world i think he has sutton's disposition because even with the jack in the box i was just playing it with him and in the thing you know it's it it scares me because <laughs> it's like pop and you're like ah but he it pops and he starts laughing so i think that he's going to be just fine actually <laughs> all right listeners you heard that make sure to send kevin things that pop because yes. it really scares him do you remember those things that people used to send when the internet was first invented where it was like hey take a look at this house and see if there's something different and they would send you a picture and you're staring at the house on the screen to see what's different. And all of a sudden, like a fucking ghoul would jump out at you on the screen. No. Oh, that's scary. It's terrifying. I'm going to I'm going to I'm not going to send you well, one, Kevin. I'm going to send it you. out. I probably blocked it out because I don't like those things. Oh, no. Trigger I warning. Hearing, I don't like jumps. I don't like 
it's not fun. It's fun for Sutton. It's not fun for me. Okay. I will send you, I won't send you one of those. I promise. I'll, okay. But I'll do, I'll do a, I'll do a Broadway one. I'll be like, Hey, who's in this cast photo? And you'll be staring at this print photo of Annie, get your Beth gun. Level? And then yeah. Beth Lowe, and ah, this like Ethel Merman ghost jumps out at you. <laughs> Although real Ethel Merman jumping out at you would be just as scary as the ghost jumping out at you. This is true. So I'm going to, I will send you folks that you know what I'm talking about, right? And if not, uh, well, maybe maybe somebody will post something to our to our Facebook or Instagram so you can see what yes. I'm talking about. It's very fun. It's very scary. Um, hey, and you had a trip too, Rob. You were speaking of scary. You went up to Salem. Um, did we discuss that? Yet? I did. I did. Catherine the Cup Collector, as we're going to call her from this point yes. on the podcast. Uh, Catherine the Cup Collector and I went out and we went to Salem, Massachusetts for the weekend, um, which was great. First of all, everyone wore masks. Like and the, and the town is so fantastic, uh, being really, really clean and really hygienic, um, and feeling safe and secure, which was amazing. And we did. We saw where the crucible. We saw like the the witches cemetery. We saw the where the trial happened. We saw the witch museum, folks. If you've never been to the Salem Witch Museum, it is a theatrical experience. It's one of those rooms called diorama rooms where it's like a mannequin posed as a witch. Uh-huh. And all, and there's no like animate automation with it. It's just like she's posed, and over you hear a voiceover of like cheesy actors being like, "My name was Mary Good. I was a witch." You know, um, she probably started like, like North Shore, North Shore's yeah. musical, like a couple years ago. Yes, exactly, exactly. This this person, you know played Alfred P. Doolittle and they were like, he's amazing. Let's get him for a narration. But this museum, I don't know when it was invented, but it feels like it stopped in 1974. Mm-hmm. Like they have not updated its technology any. Although I was very impressed, I must say, at the end of the museum, there's this whole exhibit being like, do you still think there's um, uh, uh, a, a, oh God, what, what's the word that I'm looking for? Where, um, where they're, where they're accusing people of witches. Oh, what? because uh, they're afraid that they're witches. Anyway, it was saying, do you think today that we still have that in society where people will create a lie uh, because they're scared of a marginalized group? Yeah. And I was like, well, that's fucking heavy. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not all just like chintzy, like, look at the broom. No, in, in fact... Oh, no, I was, I was, they gave examples, too. On the, they, they had this huge mural of, like, decades... And like the groups that people were scared of and why they were scared of them. And I was like, huh, huh. Very good were, Salem Witch Museum. They were Museum. like strong because Sutton is reading about them. And I bought her a, like a, a periodical about the, the history of witches. And, and a lot of times it was just like if it was a strong woman who wanted to be independent on her own. If it was a person who used uh, other kinds of forms of medicine to help with female you know problems downstairs you know like it, it was it was you know and it didn't fall into the, the christian you know cap it was like she's a heretic you know and it, the idea that a strong-voiced woman was bad you know it, it's just crazy to me opinionated and you know that kind of thing it's just it's, it's crazy well and then I, one of the things i could not figure out was like uh, at the trials if they said you were a witch or to see if you were a witch you probably know this that if, to see if they you were a witch they threw you into the water Mm-hmm. And if you drowned, you weren't a witch. Right. So congratulations, but now you're dead because you drowned. But if you stayed afloat, you must be a witch, so we'll pull you out of the water and kill you. Kill you and burn you. And it's like I that was, Monty Python sketch where she's, she's a witch, yeah, burn her! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, like, it's, so it's, a, 
it's a lose-lose for everybody. So anyway, so I had a great time in Salem, folks. It's not as macabre as I'm saying. It was really fun. We went on a haunted house tour where the tour was stoned. The guy who did the tour was, was stoned out of his mind. It was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. He, he couldn't remember anybody's name. Uh, not not our names in the group. I mean, like, talk, people he's talking about. He got <laughs> lost a few times. And then in the middle of the tour, he's like, yeah, I've been doing this for 10 years. And I'm like, wow. This, I'm like, what are you smoking? Like, how can I get some? Because if you've been doing this for 10 years and it makes it so powerful, you can't remember people's names. This is incredible. Brownie there, man. Wow. That's a good for He was having a good time. I forget his name, but don't worry. We left a review on TripAdvisor and got our money back. <laughs> and then we went over to Provincetown, which I had never been to before, folks. P-Town. I almost had my gig card revoked because I was like, I've never been, I've never been to P-Town, never been to Fire Island. Now I've been to P-Town. I got a punched. I got a punched. My other my trip to P-Town was absolutely fantastic and amazing um, because I have not, and I'm sure you haven't either. I haven't seen a live performance since March. And there's a very famous bar in P-Town, folks, called the Crown and Anchor, which every summer has just about like every single notable person come through and play there. And of course, because of this, they couldn't. And so uh, one of our, uh, Kevin and I's friends, we work with a lot of really fantastic actresses. And if you live in Boston, you probably know her. Her name is Mary Callanan. Mary's got a bunch of Broadway credits, but she's like the queen of the Boston uh, theater and cabaret scene. Mary was asked to perform the last show of the season, really the only show of the season, at Crown and Anchor. Mm-hmm. So it was outdoors, socially distanced, and it was wonderful. I had not seen a live performance since March. It was really great. And so it was, it, I was saying to Kevin before we went on the air, you know, I really, really miss putting on shows. And I know you do too, Kevin, right? I mean, you're oh, wow. at least able to do it like in a virtual setting. Um, you know, but it's, 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 it's a sad feeling. But what I found I missed more was the moment after the show where we all got to, we went to a bar and we all sat around and we all talked and gossiped and caught up. And it's, I missed that. I miss lottery. Yeah. So to paraphrase candor and I don't miss the music, but I miss my friends. My friend. Yeah, no, that's, that's, you could, that's well, well put. Uh, you're right. Um, so. It's, so strange not to have that sort of tribe around us like we used to yeah we don't we don't have our tribe but hey we will have our tribe on saturday virtually with trivia i look forward to it so much folks i just so much fun to see everyone's faces it's uh this this saturday night at eight o'clock you know the routine you can go to our social media to find all the information rob will tell you what the exact venmo to email i think it's like rob it's it's robert dash schneider dash five on venmo or if you're a paypaler rob w schneider at gmail.com or if you want to donate to the charity directly the charity this week is vote save america which is a nonpartisan group that helps people get the vote out um and uh you can go to their website donate um and take a screenshot and send it to us and we'll just send you the ven the uh zoom code for this week uh, and you can also go on our Instagram and Facebook, and you can see all those directions there as well. And we do hope that um, it's worth saying that you do have a vote plan uh, for this election, that you are – you either voted early by mail, put your little you know, the form in the you know, county elections mailbox, whatever it is, voting in person. I'm going to vote early, I think, uh, mm. or I'm going to vote on the day. But I think voting on the day, it's going to be very crowded where I am. So I think I'm going to go early because uh, it seems like there's been a lot of long lines everywhere. So that looks like a lot of people are turning out the vote, and that is very, very, very exciting. But we hope no matter who you vote for, wink, wink, um, please get out and vote. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I dropped my ballot. I did my bag on my early ballot. I mm-hmm. dropped it off. I dropped it off in a in a safe location. Um, and I feel very, very good about 
that. So I'm, I'm hoping, and tonight's the debate, everybody. So I'm sure by Saturday we'll need, we'll need a nice laugh because I, I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen. Isn't that, isn't that crazy, Rob, that we, that we, in this life that we are in, that we, it's like a, a weird sort of reality show. It, it's it just, is. It's insane. Um, so yeah, me too. Um, oh, side note, uh, we've lost a, a great legend of, of the Broadway world this week that I was oh, hoping yeah. that we might be able to chat with. Um, and that is the, the great Marge Champion. Talk about 102 was that right 102 i mean talk about seeing or 101 the span of theater <laughs> created and developed and evolved in her lifetime i it's just incredible of course this is um uh, the wife of uh, gower champion um the great song and dance team uh, decades ago but boy that woman uh probably knew all the secrets and 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 all the the history of it all so we, we we lift her up and her memory and her family as well because uh she was quite a quite a legacy there yeah she was a she was 101 she was the model for snow white yeah Right. She yeah. won an Emmy. I didn't know this. She won an Emmy for Queen of the Stardust Ballroom because she choreographed it. Well, that's based on the music. I mean, that's what the ballroom was uh, based on. Right. The music. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm reading this. Survivors include a stepdaughter, actress Katie Seagal. Oh, I didn't know that. It was Peg Bundy. Yeah. And she's on I, uh, the, the Connors now. Oh, look at that. I'm learning so much. Good for good actress. her. I, I she's, she's great. I, I've seen her in a lot of things and I, I enjoy her. She's, she's quite good. Oh. And, uh, and she, I'm sure she was a wonderful woman, but if you want a really good laugh, um, make sure you watch Elaine Stritch at Liberty because she talks about working with Marge Champion in uh, a production of The Women. I think maybe at the Kenley Players in Summerstock somewhere. Um, <laughs> you should, you should... <laughs> It's very funny. Take a take a listen very to that. Stretch. Still celebrator, still celebrator, oh, but it's yeah. a very funny story about Marge Champion. Um, so yeah, that's, that's such a shame. And yes, we did we did try. We did try to to get her, and unfortunately, she was not available. She was not available because she was busy. It wasn't like she was unavailable because like she's not feeling well. A busy person. So may we all live to be a hundred and one, and may we all live to have such energy and vitality. Amen. Maybe. I think there's something about dancers. I think, like, because look at people like the Nicholas Brothers and look at, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think of some others, but, uh, or Patricia Morrison also. She, yeah. she lived a long time too, you know. Um, I think it's about, you know, having a dancer's body that keeps you alive, which is why I feel like I'm going to live to about 103. That, that discipline too. There's such a discipline. Like, yes. Cheetah has like crazy discipline. There's like, yes. they always had class and they've always done their, you know, it's, I think you're right. There's like a discipline there that, you know, maybe a, your average character actor might not have that kind of discipline. I don't know. Maybe so. I don't know. I feel pretty disciplined about how many turkey clubs I eat a week. <laughs> I feel very disciplined. I feel very disciplined that when I go on to Instacart, I always add Ben and Jerry first. And then I'm like, hey, if they got a banana, sure, I'll take it. You know? What's Instacart? What's Instacart? Well, Insta- you don't have Instacart? It's the grocery delivery service. Oh, no. We just started doing Fresh Direct. I've never heard of Instacart. Oh, oh yeah. Instacart. Ha- I've never done Fresh Direct, but Instacart has a whole bunch of different stores on there because they they have like uh, Fairway. They have um, uh, uh, they have uh, a CVS. They have Staples. They have Wegmans. They have Aldi's. They have Costco. Oh, yeah. Instacart. Wegmans. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Um, thank you, listeners, for going on that journey with me and learning about something that I didn't know. But, but listeners, maybe, maybe there's a thing that you use that we don't, that we're not aware of. So yeah. go ahead and take it. Hey, um, who has some favorite things? I do. You do, too. Who wants to I go first? I do, too. I, I will go first. Mine's a little um, – I'm going to take us uh, – 
to a parallel art form that is uh, a, a cousin of musical theater. And we don't, we often will talk about sometimes movies and we'll talk about, you know, sometimes classical world, but this is, this is where I'm going to toe the line with the opera world, friends. I, I <laughs> there is definitely, I have, I have musical theater friends who, who, who cannot stand opera, who, who, who are like, I don't know why they're not acting. I don't know why it's just singing and that's it. And they stand it, you know, and it's just not fun. I, and I've, I've been to operas with people like that. They almost get mad. Um, and then I, I have other friends who, who just love it so much. I have been a late bloomer. Uh, I, I had to study it in college and I don't think I, I understood it then. And then the older I've gotten and I, you know, in the last 10 years or 15 years or so, I've really grown to love opera. I, it's just a, when I have time to enjoy it, it's, I think of it kind of like Shakespeare, where the more that you put into Shakespeare, the more you can get out of it sometimes if you really analyze it and read it and learn about it. Um, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Where sometimes people get turned off by Shakespeare because it's like, ugh, what's going on there? I think opera is sometimes very similar. If you can learn a score, if you can learn a show, you can learn the arias and everything going on, the orchestration, then you can really get a lot out of it. And that's why I like opera. So uh, my uh, favorite thing today is an album uh, by uh, one of our world's greatest opera divas um, uh, that maybe our listeners might know of, maybe they don't. And I would like to introduce her. And I think that it's, it's a really, it's an, it's an album from a couple years ago, like I think like 17 years ago. Um, and my, a good friend of mine, Dan uh, Marshall, listener of the podcast that I went to college with, he works at the Metropolitan Opera actually uh, uh, in I think the educational department, forgive me if I'm wrong, Dan. Um, and so he was like, Hey, have you looked at this? And I, my mind was blown by it. So this is, the album is called Forever and it is by the, opera diva Diana Damrau. You might say Diana Damrau, but she's from Germany, so we say Diana Damrau. Uh, and so it's D-I-A-N-A-D-M-A-R-U. And uh, if you will listen to opera, you know that she's like one of the top ten sopranos. She's a coloratura soprano, and that means that she sings like things like Queen of the Night Aria from the Zauberflute or the Magic Flute, which is like ah, you know the song. So that's how her voice sort of usually lends itself. That's how I start my album well exactly but that's your shower song i think usually that's that's what you've been singing in the shower yeah and diana took it from me but we don't have to talk about it now those high e's i love when you hit those so so (laughs) she diana has flirted with musical theater throughout her career uh being from germany even when she was starting out her career she did things like my fair lady and and in opera friendly musicals um what i like about this album is not just her singing because her singing is glorious and i'll talk about a couple of the songs that she does including a lot of uh, american musical theater songs in german like green finch and Lynette bird she sings in german but it is it is first of all it's glorious to hear 
a, an opera soprano who understands theater and understands acting, but to hear it's like when Leonard Bernstein would re-record West Side Story and other of his shows with opera singers because he just wanted to hear it sung, you know, the music sung as beautiful as possible uh, and acted. And so it's it's actually really glorious to hear some of these songs sung so with such beautiful tone and color, um, which is what, what you get out of opera. That's the point is the storytelling is in the tone and color of the singing and the beauty of it. Um, so, But what is cool about this album also is the conductor of it, um, uh, David Charles Abel, who is an American who moved to London in the 90s uh, to conduct. And he conducts the Royal Philharmonic, uh, Liverpool Philharmonic uh, Orchestra, who sounds just sublime on here but musical theater folks might know this conductor because he did the 10th and 25th Les Mis anniversary concerts you know at the Royal Albert Hall he did uh he was a protege of Leonard Bernstein um but he did the um the Sondheim 80th BBC concert there was a big thing at the prom uh, in 2010 and he was like the driving force behind that some consider him on the on the English soil sort of like the Sondheim aficionado so he is this music is in good hands I guess is what I'm trying to say because sometimes uh, let's be real. Sometimes on opera, people do musical theater and it's conducted by opera people. It it doesn't come across. Like we lose the theatricality of it. Like it's what I go for when I'm a music director. Like I have to tell the story with the music in addition to the actor telling the story. But if you're just like conducting, you're like, oh, that sounds nice. We're missing something. And I think he really uses that orchestra to lift up the music. Um, on this album, it is a mix of some classical singing uh, in the first couple tracks, and then we get into operetta. So we have like things like uh, The Merry Widow in German by uh, Franz Lehar and Strauss's Die Fledermaus. So these are very, very friendly um, opera slash musical theater type thing. I mean, Kelly O'Hara was just, I mean, I think that was streaming this week of her at the Metropolitan Opera. They they streamed her, um, uh, the, um, the desire, uh, Deflator Mouse, I believe. So, uh, so anyway, those are the first couple songs, and then she sings for My Fair Lady. She'll first she sings in German, uh, "Wouldn't It Be Lovely," but then she also sings in English as well. I could have danced all night. Um, I mentioned Green Finch and Luna Bird in German, but then what's really cool is she sings from South Pacific, and she sings "I'm in Love with a Wonderful Guy," and. You hear no German accent. You, you hear a, a lady from Arkansas who, yes, her tone is a bit rounded and lovely, but she's belting her face off by the end. It is not like a fake. It's not like when Renee Fleming tries to quote unquote belt. I'm doing using air quotes and I love Renee Fleming, but it's like it's still clearly, you know, the opera place. No, like Diana is giving you serving up full on belt and it is quite impressive. Um, she does sing a German part of your world, which I don't know if I needed that, but it's still lovely. And she honors all of the circumstances in it. So it, I can't, I'm, I'm not mad about it. I know what um, I'm listening to. <laughs> there was, a, and it's just, but it's the orchestration. Sorry. The orchestra sounds beautiful. Uh, her singing is beautiful. There is beautiful storytelling going on here and beautiful singing. And I think just to, to have a little, a sidestep from our usual musical theater stuff, because I do really deeply believe that opera world, musical theater world, ballet, I mean, all of these art forms that we are, you know, parallel. We're all in this together. We shouldn't like shun each other. And I like to think that we all are trying to do the same thing with entertaining and learning and expressing our art and everything. So anytime I can sort of like, 
do a crossover, I'm super happy to. Uh, and so I think this is a chance for our, our listeners perhaps to listen to someone who might be different. It might not be your cup of tea, but maybe give it a try and, and hear some of these songs in a new light. Because no matter what, it is glorious, beautiful singing of some tunes that you know very, very well. Um, and I think that's really exciting. So check out Diana Damrau. Uh, the album is called Forever. It's on all your streaming places. Um, and it's just a, it's a really, it's a great listen. It's a really lovely listen. Hey, I'm going to take a listen to that. I'm going to be honest with you. I know very, very little about opera. Um, I I am not um, a huge opera fan. That's I need cool. to get. I, I feel like I need to get into it. Yeah, and you, it's like you don't have to. I mean, it's because sometimes it's it, especially if we're so used to our musical theater like norms, it, it can be a bit abrupt when you go to an opera and you're like, well, wait a minute, why is why is why are they just standing and not acting? And some of the younger opera people, like Isabel Leonard yeah. uh, at the Metropolitan, she's this beautiful soprano that is like a uh, very ingenue type, and like they the younger generation, they take acting lessons. I mean, yeah. they are they are acting singers. I mean, the voice always comes first. First, although Maria Callas taught us that, like, you can let the voice suffer for the drama. That's why she was criticized and beloved uh, when she was singing in the 50s and 60s. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I think that this is a, a great uh, sort of could be a starting point. But do know that it is you're not going to hear Kelly O'Hara. I mean, it is still like a trained voice. But you are going to hear acting with this singer and you're going to hear some great moments in the songs as well as the beautiful singing. So, yeah, I, I would love to introduce you. I would love to go to an opera with you sometime, Rob, uh, when, when opera because the Met, uh, Metropolitan Opera season is canceled for all of this year and, and half of next year or at least at least that. Um, but someday, 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 I will I will. I will train you in the show before we go so you know what to look for. And then so, so let's imagine that there are other people like me who are not huge fans of opera. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend as a transition from the musical theater world into the opera world? Would be a totally. good I, I, would, I would definitely recommend uh, – there's two, two different routes. Uh, I would first could go the Mozart route. Uh, with something like the magic flute, or in German, it's called die Zauberflute, uh, and that show is very much uh, very accessible. It's, it's part of the reason why the Metropolitan does it uh, in the during the holidays for families and children because it's the characters are very accessible. It's silly. It's fun. I believe I, in my deep, deep, deep heart of hearts that if Mozart were to like wake up and come out of the grave right now and s- see what Broadway does, I really believe he'd be like. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to do, you know, way back when I was because he was trying to use the music to help tell the story. Yes, under the classical art form, sometimes Del Capo, where they repeat sections. Or Yes, under the rules of classical music at the time. But he was inventive in trying to like if a song was exciting, he would make the orchestration exciting and he would try to reflect what was going on in the drama. That's one way you could go. The other way is more Angeloid Weber route. So hearing music that is pleasing, passionate, lovely to the ears. Something like by Puccini. Um, my introduction uh, with, with Tosca is is a great opera that uh, is is done a lot by Puccini. Also, um, La Traviata, which some say is sort of like the basis of the movie Moulin Rouge uh, about you know the the sort of like a woman of the night uh, who uh, the man the, the 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 square good man falls in love with and wants to help, uh, and then she of course succumbs to her sickness and dies. But they're just love each other so much and the dad tries to keep him away and all of that. Uh, and La, La Traviata has some of the most beautiful, accessible music you can hear. Um, and so, but if you are, and, and then if you want more complex theatrical music, 
music that is like like Michael John Lacusa, if that, then listen to Benjamin Britten. Uh, anything by him that's in English is just and that, but that's more complex sound music. So that was a long answer, but um, there's definitely there's definitely accessible operas out there that you can really at least key into what's what. Oh, your oh your mic your your oh, mic is wonky. I'm so sorry. You just started cutting out. I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's okay. That's okay. We don't need to hear any more of that anyway. So that's no. <laughs> I thought it was really good. No, you just you got you cut out the last part. You were talking about Michael John Lacusa. Oh yeah, Michael John Lacusa, and I just said you could listen to something more complex, contemporary opera like uh, Benjamin Britten is is all I was saying. So that's but but um, any one of those you you can't go wrong. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So I think I, I've got some opera work to do this weekend. Um, what if I come back and I'm just like, I start wearing those Viking horns because that's what they wear in <laughs> opera, right? I'm just going to generally stereotype folks. So there I we go. Say, stay away from Wagner. Don't, don't, nobody, don't go to Wagner yet. Like we don't need to go that far yet because we're talking motifs and it's crazy. That, that, Wagner's like, that's like some next level stuff. So we'll wait on that. Okay, I'll uh, we, if, in our advance with the with the horns. I know in our advanced class. We'll, we'll, okay. Oh God, I you know what? Maybe because I'm not really uh, my ear is not that strong, so I'm wondering if maybe that's why I'm not. I can't enjoy opera as much because I'm just like, can somebody talk for a second, please? Well, that, there's that. Is there a dan- is there a dancing on? Why aren't they tapping? Is a huge issue for me in opera. And I will, I will stand at the Met and I will stand up during the ring cycle and be like, can we tap? And they ask you to leave. Four hours into it. They, uh, they four hours, can you tap? And they ask me to leave. So maybe I'm not allowed at the Met. We'll see. Maybe they won't remember in a year. Um, I, you know, it's so interesting that when you were talking about your, your album, that you mentioned uh, Sweeney Todd in there because she sings Greenfinch and Linnetbird. Mine is actually sort of tied into Sweeney Todd a little bit. So I like when they kind of have like a, yeah. a dual purpose. So I, um, there's a wonder, if you don't subscribe to this YouTube channel, folks, you really, really should because we've mentioned it uh, a couple of videos on here before. Um, and the channel is Alan Eichler, um, who I think we should probably have as a guest at some point because I Alan was- I love that channel so much. You it's, know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's the- Whenever I'm like, I need some like comfort food right now. I either go to the Aurora Spider Woman or Alan. I, I he's just his stuff is so good. Sorry, keep going. No, Aurora Spider Woman is back, folks. Aurora Spider Woman went off for a little bit, and now they're back. So I'm very happy. Um, uh, Alan Eichler was a press. I think he was a press agent. I think he was a publicist. I've met him a couple of times. He was a very nice man. Um, oh, I you know I hate when I do that because I sound like Trump when I do that. When I'm like, I met them. They're a very nice person. We believe you. So. <laughs> I it just makes me feel gross when I say that, but he is, he's a very nice person. Um, and he, um, has this amazing YouTube channel folks where he has uh, most of the Skippy low stuff, which I'm obsessed with is on there, but he finds like very rare television clips, um, uh, of, of older performers singing. It's really wonderful. I don't know how Alan has amassed all of this, but thank God he has. And I'm so happy he's putting it out there. But one of the things he posted recently, which I had never seen before, nor was I aware of, was a uh, television show uh, from uh, Boston, folks, from Boston. Um, the television show uh, it was hosted by the uh, Boston critic Elliot Norton. Uh, 
Um, and the show was called Elliot Norton Reviews. And if you're not familiar with who Elliot Norton was, he uh, has been cited as the dean of American theater critics um, because he his style of criticism is has gone out of fashion, but it's play doctoring. He'll review the show, but he'll also tell the the authors that are working on it what they could do to make it better. And he was very he had a 48 year career doing this, and he was so beloved and so respected and so trusted it was not um odd for the writers to take him out to dinner or to lunch and for him to give feedback and the two shows he's credited with fixing the most um is a little show called oklahoma um in which he gave really fantastic notes to rogers and hammerstein and a little comedy you might have heard of called the odd couple um, so he was this incredibly respected individual, but I was, un- I was, I knew his name and I know in Boston, they give out the Elliot Norton awards, which is sort of their equivalent of the Tony awards. I knew he was a brilliant critic cause you can read some of his reviews, but what I was unaware of was he had a television show on WGBH called Elliot Norton reviews that ran from 1958 to 1982. And in that time he came up with over a thousand episodes. Now, Alan has not posted all these episodes. I don't even know if Alan has all these episodes. What Alan has posted, though, is perfect for Halloween because it's a 30-minute discussion between Elliot Norton, Angela Lansbury, and George Hearn as they're discussing Sweeney Todd. Um, And it's um, it's, uh, uh, about... 20 minutes, sorry, about 30 minutes long. Um, And it really is fantastic. Um, It talks all about um, the, 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 it was interesting. It talks about her process, his process. She talks about what makes him different than Len Cariou. Um, George Hearn talks a little bit about, you know, what uh, notes that Sondheim gave him in order to make the show fully fleshed. But what I really like is Elliot Norton has great respect for the show and loves the show. But it's very interesting because he'll give criticism about the production to Angela Lansbury. And they have an, excuse me, an actual dialogue back and forth about what works and what doesn't work. Um, and one of my favorite parts in this thing is where he says, he, he keeps trying to press her and he goes, uh, you know, uh, uh, the young boy who plays Tobias, I can't understand him at all. Uh, why is that? And maybe you could tell him he could speak clearer cause I can't understand it. Um, and then they have a debate about his dialect and his accents. Um, sh- uh, he discusses that, you know, um, a lot of the lyrics are very hard for me to understand the first time around. And then there's a, dis- a, a huge discussion about Sondheim at this time, which is, you know, it's sometimes one of those things, right? Where you're supposed, the more you, it's like the more you listen to it, the more you get out of it. Whereas Elliot Norton, I think is kind of saying, you know, most people only see a show once. Why do I have to go see something five times to understand it? So it's a really healthy debate there. Um, but what I really love is it's it's a very well-respected critic with legitimate actual criticism and two actors who want to engage in a discussion with him. So anyway, so folks, uh, it's it's half an hour. It's a half hour of your time well spent. Um, one of my favorite things is, let me ask you, what's the name of Sweeney Todd's daughter? Joanna, of course, duh. <laughs> okay, but he says jo- Joanna, right? Yeah, Joanna. He keeps calling her very pointedly, Mr. Norton, Johanna. I knew Johanna. Like Condeed. And, <laughs> and I think what he's trying to do is, is like, you're saying it wrong, folks. 
He's like trying to give them a subtle clue. You're saying it wrong. Johanna. And it's like, Joanna. That's how it says. I know there's an H in it, but we're saying it. Joanna. Johanna. That's the way you say it. I feel you. Johanna. Doesn't sound right to me. Right? Oh, that's interesting. interesting choice. Can you sing that for me with, with the H? I feel you, Johanna. Now sing it regular. I feel you, Joanna. See how smooth that is? See how nice that is? So I don't know See, what the... What's his name? Edward? What's his name? The, Elliot Norton. Elliot Norton. This is what I love about the podcast, though, Rob, because I did not know anything about Elliot Norton. I did not know anything about that legacy. Even the research I did on Oklahoma for that paper, I didn't come across that. I didn't realize that. And my, my, I feel ignorant about that. And so I think that is how cool that he was sort of this little whisperer and respected enough that these writers, you know, that they were all like the good old, I hate to say it, but the good old boys club where they all like got together and they were probably smoking cigarettes and like figuring out what's going on with the show because they wanted to make it good. They yeah. wanted to make it the best show possible. That's really interesting, and I, I'm happy. I'm, I can't wait to check out that uh, that uh, Alan's page and look for that. So, yeah, um, it's re- it's really fantastic, folks. So once again, my favorite thing for this week is Elliot Norton interviewing Angela Lansbury and George Hearn when they were doing the tour of Sweeney Todd um, in 1981, and Kevin. And I uh, am the album uh, Forever, sung by Diana Damrau, D-I-A-N-A-D-M-A-R-U, great opera soprano. So check those out. Have a good Deanna, time. Diana Damrau. All right. Oh, and hopefully we will see you all Saturday yes. for Halloween trivia. Ooh. Ooh, have a great weekend, folks. Bye. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.